2: Let's do it. Chemical Disgusting Displash. Ho,
0: ho, ho. Tonight, we got them. Goldie and the
3: salt. The
2: chemical, chemical,
3: disgusting, 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 disgusting. And it starts right now. Oh, it starts right now with the clinking and cleaning of desks in Goldie's I'm all area. business. <laughs> I'm business. Uh, to business. All business. <laughs> uh, all business. All business. Whoa, a lot, lot of clomping and stomping. <laughs> stomping at the Savoy with Goldie. Uh, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of A Typical Disgusting Display, a podcast for writers by writers who hate writing. Uh, and we, we have a... Boy, this one has been... We spent a lot of time figuring this one out today, and I'm arguing sure it be over it. A train <laughs> I wreck. That
1: part.
3: <laughs> I'd, I wouldn't say arguing. I wouldn't say arguing at all because you come to me with a note about something you feel. I say I agree with you. Let's change it. You say not good enough. <laughs> That's kind of how <laughs> this went. <laughs> but Your let's I, change it. Feels loaded. Oh. Uh, well, let's let's read back the text, my friend. I got the receipts. <laughs> sure. No, I, I, Goldie, the way that I the way that I deal with you and and, and my wife, by the way, is like when oh, you're right. pissed about something, it's just the Neville Chamberlain appeasement policy towards Germany. I just do whatever you want, and we can do whatever <laughs> you want. I just want you oh, to be happy. So this should be fine.
0: So you have no this should be opinion. Fun. <laughs> Here's I all do the have responsibility an for this. Back in your court, by virtue now, you've How... done everything you want. So if it doesn't go well, whose fault is it? This isn't a not collaboration. True at all.
3: all the responsibility is a ridiculous statement, seeing as I spent generously five hours going through Tootsie and writing down all my notes only for you to say, let's not do it this way the night before. That's exactly wow. what happened. And I said, Okay. Let's do I'll, it however you want I'll ask the, the it.
0: audience right now. <laughs> do you want to hear five hours worth of notes about Tootsie? Is that how you would like to digest information about this movie? Or would you like it to be some sort of more organic dialogue about the movie, what it means to us, what we think is good,
3: what we think is bad?
0: Or you can just I, have the notes. Let me and, know. Let us know I, in the email.
3: And I agreed with you. When you presented it that way, I was like, yes, perhaps a linear breakdown of this movie is not the way to go because it is so much longer I well, say, the Chews you wanted to that do that it.
0: Did. You first said, very excited, two parts. Yeah, well, well I thought in two we could parts, do that. And then I said... I'm trying to think of someone looking at their feed going, it's part two of notes about Tootsie and
3: I already put in an hour 48 last week. I don't know. man. You know, it is so much easier to present something as it's not going to work than to come together and say, Hey, let's try this. There are literally no stakes in our podcast. None. And you come in like Eeyore, like, Oh, this will never work. It's like, it's impossible to argue with that. I I feel sympathy for your wife.
0: I wouldn't listen to Dustin Hoffman talk about Tootsie <laughs> for four hours, much less. And, uh, and, and we'll get into why. I, I wouldn't why. listen to Sidney Pollack reincarnated Dead. from the grave <laughs> oh talking about Tootsie for four hours. It's a ridiculous
3: problem. And by the way, we'll get into the very interesting and I thought incredibly sympathetic reason as to why maybe you have some of those feelings in a little bit, which I thought was was, was incredibly illuminating for me. Anyway, mm. but let's so... <laughs> hey, that's our way of rolling out the topic this week. We're going to be talking about Tootsie. We're going to be doing a shallower dive into Tootsie, and dipping our toes and dipping our Tootsies in the Tootsie pool.
0: It's a forty-year-old movie. We're only doing one part on it. Sorry, everyone.
3: <laughs> yeah, no. The last thing people want is to hear comedy writers talking about comedy. Anyway, <laughs> but, but the point is that you won. Why You've don't we make won, the podcast, Tootsie, forever? Oh, no. <laughs> Here we go. It's so easy to say, oh, something stinks. It'll never work. It's not as easy to say, yes, I am with you. Let's do this thing. Most that's just things not don't who you are. work.
2: Most
0: things don't work. And it's yes, my job to... Bre- Tootsie oh, did. It's so easy to say, "Don't walk off that cliff." It's hard to walk off the cliff to have the guts to plummet to certain death. That's a leap hard. of faith.
3: A leap of faith. A leap of faith, my friend. And we'll get into why you have such an Eeyore attitude in a few minutes. But first, How I want to talk you a little bit. Me
0: with that brush. You're Eeyore. <laughs> I'm Eeyore. Yeah. You are Eeyore. Oh, just because you're smiling, you're not Eeyore. Uh, yeah, that's kind, of and you... that's kind
3: of it. That's kind of it. Yeah, That's guy, I'm showing a lot of dimple uh, today. Yeah, skinned
0: poo, and and is wearing his pelt as clothing <laughs> and moving his arms and pretending he's poo right now. But he's. I Eeyore. think
3: I I think I took a skinned poo this morning. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: oh <my> Wait, <laughs> first joke
3: of the day. Thank first you, joke Danny. of the day. <laughs> Oh, since we're hearing Danny Smith's voice there, who was nice enough to uh, to record that first joke of the day for us, I wanted to I wanted to just briefly thank Danny Smith. And this won't translate on a podcast, but what the fuck? Here we are. Here we are. Uh, This is the kind of day it's going to be. Goldie's out for pelts. Uh, So Danny Smith, the other day we were at work and, and the news was presented to us that this year, Seth McFarlane's contract is up. So he has to renegotiate it. And it's always a complicated process that kind of drags on for a little longer uh, than you'd think, and it affects our schedule at work. So the minute Danny heard that, I think Rich was telling us, like, oh, Seth is about to renegotiate his contract. Danny went, oh, no, no. <laughs> and then he sent me a clip from the uh, the Ryan Murphy movie, The House of Gucci, okay, where, starring Al Pacino. And it was just a little clip of somebody talking to very old Al Pacino and saying, I sold my shares of Gucci to them. And then Al Pacino goes, no, no, no. And I swear, I've watched that clip 20 times and it makes me cry laughing. So Danny, thank you for introducing me to that House of Gucci clip and for your first joke of the day.
0: That was was Craig Ferguson when the audience, who had been told, you know... They have a warm up guy come in and they say, you know, it's during his monologue. If you think you something might be funny, laugh. And so he goes, Britney Spears. Then they start laughing. He goes, no, no. And he did his famous monologue about you can't laugh at her and all this stuff. But it was like. They were
2: told
3: to laugh. Oh God! I love that Craig Ferguson is now remembered as the uh, late night comedian who stood up against laughter. (laughs) That's kind of like his legacy. Uh, And I remember that you were all over that from the from minute one. You made sure that we were watching that. You know, (laughs) and this story about Britney Spears. Chuckles from the audience. Don't laugh.
2: Don't laugh.
3: (laughs) That was amazing. All right, but anyway, let's, let's sort of uh, start to talk about our, let's, let's set up our topic for today, which is Tootsie. So uh, obviously, Goldie <laughs> and I are, you have different points of view on, on Tootsie, but I, you know, for me, I think it's the best comedy movie of all time. It came along, uh, probably not coincidentally, the same year as E.T., so remember. Oh, wow. I was carried out of the, yeah. the theater <laughs> right.
2: from E.T. by my
3: mom crying because I was so broken by E.T. So I think being snapped into by E.T. and then sort of being dipped in the warm bath of Tootsie, like I was I was there to buy. I remember seeing so you were it what, 11? nine, nine. You're just a nine yeah. year old who's grooving on Tootsie. <laughs> I loved Tootsie. It just doesn't add up. But as you said, and I thought it was a really good point right before we started recording, you're like, it's like Bugs Bunny in a dress, which well, I here are my listen, two I, I love that. I loved yes. Bugs Bunny in a dress. Yeah.
0: Yes. But like anyone who thinks Bugs Bunny in a dress is their bride, like <laughs> Elmer Fudd, is an idiot. So <laughs> to me, this is a movie about like that. You asked me to suspend disbelief, but no part of me thinks. That that is a woman, ever. And, like, I guess we're in a different time, whatever. But I we're going to go deeply in the movie, and I'll... The, yeah. the, my second point about the movie, though, and I, I would ask you to watch it through this prism, would that just be one story in a good episode of The Love Boat? <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a love it boat. to me. Yes. Like, the, the passenger the best, comes in, and the, the ticket's under a woman's ever. name. yeah. So that yeah. they dress as a woman that would and then they fall boat. in yeah. love with someone. I, like, that may Go be a her. love boat. But, actually. Yeah, it might, it actually
3: might be a love boat. But let's not pretend that, that Tootsie is, like, somehow, uh, you know, breaking the mold with originality. Like, putting a guy in a dress is, like, comedy that's almost as old as comedy itself. Like, it, that's not a new well, thing. it's done. <laughs> it, it's been done it feels, many, no, many times. It time.
0: feels like you just, it, we won't see it anymore.
3: Yeah, I think it is done. I, th- I To play it for big laughs, the way that they have in the past, yeah. I think that is done. And that's probably a good thing. I think we got it enough of them anyway. I don't care. You don't care.
2: <laughs>
0: um, but
3: so Tootsie, for me, as I said, I think it's the best comedy of all time. I think for many reasons that we'll get into, the cast, the writing, Dustin Hoffman himself, who I think Dustin Hoffman is one of the five best movie actors who's ever lived. Like, I mean, yeah, I think he's, he's fantastic in everything he does. And he brings such an authenticity, and, and Goldie, you're absolutely right that when you look at him as a woman, there's something <laughs> there on. that is... But here's the thing, and we've talked about this before. There are women on my father's <laughs> side of the family oh who bear a strong <laughs> resemblance to Tootsie. <laughs> so this for me was not beyond... And l- let's get me in profile here. Like the Dustin Hoffman <laughs> nose is not... Yeah, and the glasses. And by the way, I read in the trivia that... They decided to put glasses on him because it sort of like helped Softened. make his nose look smaller. Yeah. So that's the trick that I learned. Yeah. The minute I need glasses, I'm like, I don't need contacts. I'll take an intermission <laughs> on this nose right in the middle. Oh, um, I thought those were like Groucho glasses you're wearing. With the, nose. <laughs> the nose comes off. <laughs> with them. No, no. <laughs>
0: That would be great. Prescription grouchos.
3: Yeah, I've got got a Paul McCartney nose under this. I just don't like to show (laughs) it. So there are many things about this movie that I think are great: the writing, the directing, the acting, the overall—you know—the arc of of the character. I I totally fell for it. And again, maybe this is because I'm a nine-year-old and I'm there to buy. And it's a really happy—you know—they're trying to make me laugh, and it absolutely worked for me. And. Goldie, I wanted you to talk about because we were talking about this before, and I found this very interesting. Like, maybe some of the reasons that like you you didn't you don't quite connect to a lot of these movies.
0: Well, I, I think that I get branded as having this cynicism and and I'm negative. I'm Eeyore. I don't like anything. And that <laughs> I, there's 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 a kernel of truth there. <laughs> yeah, Colonel but Sanders. The the sort of larger picture is that. Uh, movies mean virtually nothing to me. Like movies are not very significant in my life. And here is why, because my dad was born in 1920 and he really valued nickels and money. And so until I was about maybe 14, I think I saw 10 movies tops, like, and I went to the theater, I did not see star Wars. Uh, I saw Empire Strikes Back because my parents got in a fight and my dad was like, I'm taking the kids and took me and my brother to McDonald's and Empire Strikes Back. I don't think we'd ever been alone with him ever. And we were freaked out the whole time. (laughs) So I was in the back of the theater, not having seen Star Wars, watching this other thing. Like, I don't know what this is. And then it felt weird. And then I hated Star Wars because it was (laughs) like, I just associated it with sort of larger adult conflict. So I, I didn't. And then we had a, a black and white TV. So occasionally I would catch a movie there. But I was telling you this morning, until I was about 30... I didn't realize The Wizard of Oz went to color and that was a big deal. I just thought the whole thing was black and white because I saw it on a black and white right. TV. Wow. And so TV, I relate to much more because the TV was always on and it was free You know, yeah. at the time. that We didn't have cable, but I saw a lot of network TV. That meant a lot to me. But then when I was 14, my brother got a job at the town movie theater and he started letting me into movies. And then we eventually got a VCR and you know, a video store came to town. I would rent videos. But I, most of the movies that are these great movies, I only saw when I was 28 or 29 years old and I had lost my job in part because where I worked was right near the World Trade Center. Oof, um, and and then I had uh, a period where I wasn't working and Netflix had started and you could get three DVDs at yeah. once. So over the course of six months, yeah. I made a list and I watched like 150 movies. So I, I didn't see like The Godfather, Goodfellas. I didn't see any of this stuff till I was like wow. almost 30. Tootsie. So, yeah. you know, it's, so, it's yeah. hard. It, it, it doesn't feel formative to me because it wasn't. Yeah. And so I'm watching it all as like, eh. Whereas the TV stuff was yeah. instrumental in my upbringing and was always on. So if, if I, I, I seem love...
3: like dismissive,
0: it's because yeah. I don't care.
3: <laughs> no, I, I, by the way, I, I honestly like hearing that about you. Is it, it's it paints your negativity about stuff like this in such a sympathetic light. Like yeah. I love, oh, I know I loved I loved hearing that about you. I mean, I didn't love that you had to live that long and not see these movies and not necessarily connect with them, but it makes me understand. Yeah, some of your anger or negativity about some of these things much more. Because I, Cause I
0: saw Bananas because one of my high school teachers just put it on. Hilarious. And was like, what is this? And like, <laughs> you could do that kind of comedy. And then because we had a VCR, I got like Marx Brothers movies out of the library and my dad would tell me movies to get out of the library and we'd watch them together but they were old comedies like I'm all right Jack and stuff like he was like this is a great movie cuz he stopped going to movies in like 1954 right so he just wanted to rewatch all that stuff so yeah. i don't know it's i i was sort of it's almost like you know the guy who was raised in the jungle by animals, like, I don't know, I don't know this yeah. stuff. Yeah. Just and so then when everyone man. in a writer's room is like, oh, and this, and they're making references and stuff, it's like, I, I don't know, man. I grew up in the jungle. Do you want to hear about trees <laughs> and
3: stuff? <laughs> like, I don't know any of this. That's right. so, well, anyway. I thought that so, was, uh, but, but, but by the way, Fresh I think eyes, though. Fresh eyes. Fresh eyes. Yeah. But I think also knowing that going forward for us, like, I think that's a very useful piece of information because now, and, and, Frankly, anything Is this to, counseling?: Anything to, <laughs> Yes, Goldie, I want you to take these words and use them in your life. Now anything w- that can focus us going forward, so like, let's focus on things from TV that we like. You know, yeah. we're TV writers at heart. Yeah, we can do heart.
0: movies, but I'm, I'm no, telling you, like, no, if, you the, ruined if, it. A, if you want to do a podcast where we go, Tootsie's Brilliant, and you go, Tootsie's Brilliant, and then I go, it's so good. And you go, oh, it's great. And you go, this scene, and I go, that scene. Like, <laughs> I, I can't play compliment tennis with you about Tootsie. Yeah, well, I can I can give that. you my reactions, and I That's don't think all it's we a want. bad movie, but That's I, all I we can't want. sit here. I One of the things, you know, like, let's jump into the movie a little bit. I mean, one of the things that just for me, again, fresh eyes, is like these people, I guess, are supposed to be 30, 32, maybe 35.
3: I think they said that the It was the, like, the candles, you guys the... are...
0: You guys are fifty.
3: Yeah, <laughs> like, what? the candles on his birthday cake. Uh, it said on IMDb indicated that he was thirty-eight wow. at that birthday party. Okay. but yeah, seems, he, seems, he seems. Everyone
0: old, seems so. But by the way, the the eighties was the 80s.
3: all like Sanka and cigarettes, so I they know. might have actually been thirty-eight <laughs> yeah. and looked fifty-two. I mean, that's that's possible. But like, I'm a, sure
0: that's the problem I have now is like when I watch stuff, no one looks like a real adult because yes. people like adults like 30 used to look 50 now 30 looks 17 right. so you go I'm watching these people and they're, and they're like I gotta get this job in order but you're like you're a fucking fetus you're I don't care about you <laughs> yeah
3: yeah yeah I'm, I'm sure Charles derning in Tootsie, uh, who plays was our age. Uh, yes who plays Jessica Lang's dad uh oh, yeah. the older guy <gasps> um, I, I bet you he's think? I bet he's like 49. I mean, oh I, it's one of those things that for, it's like when 50. you look up Wilford Brimley in The Natural and you're like, fuck, I'm his age. Like, how did that wow. happen?
2: Yeah.
3: Um, right. Anyway. And you look so, up Robert Redford with his cap turned backwards
0: and you know, go, wow. Very I'm young. But why don't you himself. start, why don't you jump in with sort of like well, your wait a synopsis minute. of the, oh. figure lending LLC DBA figure equal opportunity lender NMLS 1717824 terms and conditions apply visit figure.com for more information for licensing information go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org
3: yeah i mean i i want to get into it as soon as possible but i think first we have something else we got to get into the obligation (laughs) that's killing us Uh, something yes (laughs) we like to call jonathan jokes
1: Sorry for cutting you off. And that was awesome. That was the
3: major red line. Here's Johnny. I love it, though. I'll fix it later. A lot of variation. Okay. Uh, Some of the jokes that uh, Johnny might have told around 1982, the era of Tootsie. Uh, All right, here we go. Oh, boy. This is a really nice announcement. Uh, Dolly Parton's theme park announced that they will pay for their employees' college. Wow, that's really sweet. Uh, Providing, of course, they maintain at least a double D average. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, moving on to the next one. Uh, Oh, boy. A team of archaeologists in England, across the pond in England, have found an ancient drum buried in the grave of a child who died over 5,000 years ago. Yeah. Uh, scientists believe the child was killed by angry upstairs neighbors. Ancient drum. The ancient uh, the ancient drum. Ancient drum, causing quite a stir in that 5,000-year-old apartment complex. Uh, here's one uh, I think Goldie might be. He was the, uh, hey. uh he, <laughs> he the, the boy, uh.
0: It used to play with Keith Richards.
2: I
3: was going to
0: say, <laughs> the, original
3: drummer, in that neighborhood. the original yeah, yeah. drummer of the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Uh, something, okay. something. Keith Moon? Keith Moon? Okay. Keith Moon, yeah, well, he's, uh, he got. gone. Um, I'm not even going to do it. No, don't, don't play it for <laughs> Keith Moon. Uh, a new poll. Oh, boy, this is kind of a sad fact. A new poll reveals one in four Americans have not had sex over the past year. Yeah. Oh, boy, that's rough. Uh, Apparently, the other three have gone on one date with my (laughs) ex-wife. Johnny had a lot of them. Okay. Closing up. Closing up this slog. Going Uh, into the storm cellar as the tornado (laughs) approaches. Oh, the tornado's already hit, my friend. I'm floating off towards Oz, which is in color, by the way. Wow, I wish I had known that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Prince Andrew, oh boy. Prince Andrew has reached a settlement in the sexual abuse case with Virginia Guffrey. Yeah, as part of the settlement, Virginia is no longer allowed to speak about the case. In return, she receives whales. (laughs) <laughs> the country of Wales <laughs> is now right. entirely hers. <laughs> oh boy, other, other Johnny.
0: Similar area. I mean, here, here we go. These these are the quickest jokes I've ever written. These are all, it's four jabs, and we're just going to try to win the round on points. <laughs> okay, right, here we go. Let's do it. Let's outpoint them. There will not be a knockout. A woman at LaGuardia Airport spat at cops, pooped her pants, and then fled on a motorized suitcase, leaving Spirit Airlines without their best pilot. <laughs> okay. It's, I mean, we, I have no, not done a, a joke one. like that that is just one sentence.
3: So yeah, to not surprise. It's a Quick hitter. Quick hitter. Yeah. Uh,
0: I promise jabs. All right. <laughs> the Queen of England has paid $16 million to end the sexual abuse allegations against Prince Andrew. Yeah, she's really cracking down on her son's lewd behavior. As part of the settlement, Andrew is no longer allowed to have even a stiff upper lip.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I like that one.
0: Okay. $16 million. Yeah, that's the size of the settlement. You think he'd be upset, but reportedly the prince was thrilled it was under 18. (laughs) <laughs> ah, that's good that's just go. meat and potatoes strong connect Scone and connect. Fi- and finally and finally can you believe it <laughs> scientists at the University of Colorado have managed to warp time oh, wow. yeah the amazing results were f- reported in an experiment that took place in 2028 <laughs> <laughs> They they warp his time. <laughs>
3: I think we were both too hung up on Tootsie early. I (laughs) I enjoyed
1: both sets.
3: Oh, thank you, (laughs) J.C. Um, Yeah, so as you know, as we we blabbed on about earlier, we're going to talk about Tootsie today. We'll clearly have some different points of view. J.C., I'm I'm curious to to hear just your general thoughts about you know what you saw. Like, had you seen it before? Was it a long time?
1: I saw it when I when it came out. When I was yeah. However, twenty old I was. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. I was 20, exactly. you were you were ten. 10 you were 10. ten, and actually, I kind of felt the same way as Goldie. I was sort of like, how does anyone believe this is a woman? But this was as a kid. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. So I'm raising my Goldie arms, smiling, doing yeah, and doing sort
0: of an end zone. I, the <laughs> ref would definitely flag me 15 yards for taunting. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, don't However, don't smile yeah. too long, Goldie. Your
3: face might break.
1: <laughs> um, but I do. I I think rewatching it now, my first question was. I didn't re- like I didn't remember that this was actually a comedy when I watched it this time around. I was like, "This is supposed to be th- the greatest comedy of all time." I didn't realize it was a comedy. I thought it was more drama than anything. As watching it as an adult, interesting. Yeah, well, I, there's I,
3: a, there's something to say about that, which is that that was the director's intent. By the way, yeah. was apparently Dustin Hoffman wanted to make it much more like a broad sort of birdcage Lakaja fall. Right. Um, which mean the same thing, uh, style <laughs> comedy. And Sidney Pollack, uh, who directed the movie very well, I'd wanted like to it. make it like a softer love story with a lesson. And yeah. he ended up winning out because he's the director. And I think, you know, the results were were better because of it. It could easily have been Benny Hill, right?
0: Like yes. People totally. just chasing him and yeah, running right around the frame. Yeah. But the yeah. one scene where they did it, it sort of reminded me, we used to say on the Late Late Show, like talking about a grown man in a diaper is very funny. Yeah, Seeing a grown man in a diaper is incredibly disturbing and unfunny. Where it's <laughs> yeah. like, I'm sure in the pitching of this, it's like, you know, and he's a woman and they're, they're chasing him around the office. But the one scene where that really happened It was really rapey,
3: rapey, very over the
0: edge. and And I've seen a lot of love boats. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, it's a staple. Like, Red Buttons is chasing you around the room Red. and trying to kiss you. Yeah. Right.
3: yeah. But, I
1: mean, that was intentional, right, to make it rapey and sort of scary.
3: No, I don't think so, sadly. I think really? I think that was all supposed to be comedy. I think you're supposed oh. to be laughing at the fact that, oh, my God, here's this horny old guy who likes to kiss everyone on the set of the show, and he, he's just fallen madly in love with Tootsie. And right. he, he has to have her. I don't think we were supposed to look at it oh. as, like, this guy's gone too far. But I,
1: didn't he use the word rape in, like, another scene? He like did the after the guy left. He's, yeah. He's,
0: he's, he, he, like, which, again, he kind of, like, it's like, I'm realizing rape might be bad because it, it almost <laughs> yeah. happened to me. So, like, right. we got to... Think about this man. <laughs> I know it's a little well, that's, like, that's, uh, uh, okay. just
3: to just to join your team for a minute. The yes. the, the one the one <laughs> overall message about this movie that I think is kind of shitty today is that it's clear that they're saying like the best version of a strong woman is a man. You know what I'm saying? It's like oh, he, he becomes, you know, he, he really has his, you know, finds his agency. He's standing up to people. He's going off script and improv And it, it, it seems clear to me they're saying, like, he's only doing that because it's actually a man. Like, no woman would really ever do that on their own. But since he's a man and he's doing it, like, wow, go Tootsie. And then some (laughs) of the other women kind of, like, follow suit. And you're like, all right, now they're empowered as well. And isn't that great? But that is a kind of an overarching message of the movie that I think that would not, that does not stand up today. And it would never, you'd never make a movie like that today because of that kind of message. But let me just get back on my team here (laughs) and say that, like, I This movie, for me, just provided so many laughs along the way, and I felt like it was so well-directed. It, it just had all the things in a movie that can make a movie great. It had an amazing score. It had fantastic performances by not only Dustin Hoffman, who, we listen, we know he's great, but yeah. everyone— Terry Gar. was Terry one Garr one. was great. Everyone yeah. in the supporting cast was phenomenal. And, Goldie, we can talk a little bit about Bill Murray later. I know you have your own— your own kind of feelings about him. But, I, you know, as someone who doesn't, who kind of just generally likes Bill Murray, like I, I loved his character. I loved all the side characters. Yeah. So, but let's talk a little bit, because we're writers who hate writing, let's talk a little bit about some of the stuff that the writers did to make this movie a success. Let's put it that way. Um, and, and just a side note about the whole writing situation. When you look at the credits, there's a one guy, I think his name is Don McGuire, who gets a uh, story by credit. And that's often a, a thing you'll see. Story by credit, and Goldie, feel free to jump in here, that seems to me like almost what it sounds like. Like you had the idea for this somehow. You're like, what if we put uh, this guy in a dress to get an acting job? Then all of a sudden, that's your story by. And oh, wow. the the written by credit are the people that actually typed the words into the script and filled out everything. Presumably,
0: so, that first guy everyone didn't like and thought was totally unfunny and was instantly <laughs> like, "We need, we right. love this idea. We need to get this person out of here because they're they're talking we'll too much." Credit? And we that don't could like. Be. His yes. Ideas. So we'll, we'll yes, so we'll give you presumably.
3: Yes, so we'll give you the story by credit, and then you can just go away. My dream. Have- I know exactly. It is that I
0: just say some gem that then becomes a property and everyone leaves me alone?
3: <laughs> That's great. Yes, um, but I, I will say in in doing a, just the, a, a little bit of research on the movie, it seems like there was a lot of drama around the overall making of the movie, but in particular the writing of the movie. So. Sure. If you notice, it said story by whatever his name was. I think it was McGuire. Don McGuire. Then it said written by Murray Shizgal, terrible name, and uh, Larry Gelbart. So Larry Gelbart, if you're, a you know, kind of a big comedy fan, that name sounds familiar to you. He wrote the movie M.A.S.H. He used to oh, wow. write on uh, your show of shows. He's a very lauded—he's up there in and the room. Had- Klinger
1: yeah. didn't Klinger also dress as a woman?
3: That's right. But yeah, but so. it's funny because he wrote the movie Mash. Oh right. So I don't okay. remember if there was like okay. a Klinger equivalent in the movie. I thought he did f- the show as well. Am I wrong about that? You could. He might have developed it as well. Yeah. Anyway, so but there's more to this. So I figured like, oh well, it looks like Larry Gelbart and Murray Shizgal sat together in a room and and wrote this together. Not the case at all. Um. In fact. They said that there were many writers on the film, most of whom were uncredited, including uh, director Barry Levinson. Uh, He didn't direct this movie, but he went on to direct Rain Man and, you know, many other movies. Another Dustin Um, Hoffman movie. That's right. (laughs) And uh, also Elaine May, famous sort of comedy woman, pioneer. She apparently wrote a lot of the the funny gags in it, uncredited. Apparently there was a delay in releasing this movie because there was there was so much litigation about what the writers credits would be wow. in the movie. So, it doesn't sound like a very happy beginning Yee. for this yeah. for this concept. And not only that, but Dustin Hoffman himself claims credit for the movie because this, so this came out in 1982 as we said. The movie that Dustin Hoffman did right before this was a, another great movie called Kramer versus Kramer. Yeah. And he won uh, that movie won best picture Oscar and he won best actor for his role in that. And if you've ever seen that movie, first of all, it's great. I've never seen it. It's another one of those typically unnecessary Hollywood stories of like, look at this single dad stepping up. (laughs) And oh, isn't he the hero? This is, whoa, it's a single dad. And so, of course, you know, there are millions and millions of single moms every day getting no credit at all. And, but apparently when he was making this movie, he was playing this part of like a dad who also had to be mom because the mom wasn't around. And so he had the idea of like, you know, mm. being a woman. Yeah. Um. And so that uh, in his mind is how Tootsie sort of started to come oh, to life.
1: I had read in the trivia bits on Amazon, you know, yeah. if you watch it mm-hmm. on there, it's set he, in an interview. He said that he wrote some of it. While they were recording. So he was saying he was one of the writers on the movie. Yes. Well, I
3: I believe that because if you watch his perform, like that's more credible to me than him saying, like, this was all my idea or whatever. Because if you watch a lot of the scenes, some of them are so specific. You know, the dialogue is so specific to Dustin Hoffman that Uh you had to think, like, oh, he just. He came up with that. And also I read, you know, that most of Bill Murray's stuff was him just improv which doesn't surprise me either. But so there's a lot of drama just even to get this movie to be released. Even more drama, they didn't know who was going to direct. They had a couple people in mind. A couple people had to drop out. And then it comes to Sidney Pollack, who I think is a great director. And I also think, and Goldie, I, I know you saw me write this down a few times. I think Sidney Pollack is the best actor who is primarily a director. I, I agree. Mean, he, he pops agree. up in, yeah. He pops up in like Michael Clayton and uh, Eyes Wide Shut. Like, he's always great. And also, he vaguely resembles my dad, what my dad looked like back in that era. So I have sort of this warm, fuzzy feeling towards him. I like Michael uh,
0: Clayton better than this movie.
3: It's funnier. <laughs> Much funnier. I haven't seen that. Oh, oh.
1: Michael when Clayton
3: Tom, when, Tom Wilkinson, when Tom Wilkinson gets the hot shot in between his toes, hilarity. Hilarity. <laughs> um, so anyway, Sidney Pollack signs on to direct this movie. And apparently he and Dustin Hoffman feud constantly about, you know, as I said before, what should this movie be? Should it be a broad slapstick guy in a dress comedy? Or should it be a softer love story with a moral lesson, which is what Sidney Pollack wanted. And they were, they were at each other's throats, uh, apparently from the word go. Now, Dustin Hoffman, very badly wanted Sidney Pollack to play the part that he played in the movie, which was Dustin Hoffman's agent, which is a hilarious part, and their scenes together are really funny. But apparently that was born out of them arguing behind the camera, and Dustin Hoffman felt like, this would be a great outlet. Just play this agent, and we'll just argue in the movie. And it really works. So, I mean, I always find that kind of stuff interesting, like... Yeah, Why Why are those scenes so good? Why do they seem so genuine? Well, it's because maybe they did have a certain amount of disdain for each other. And it really comes across in an, in an honest way in the movie. So that he was my call. favorite
0: line in the movie is when he's like, if I want a steak returned,
3: you call whatever his name is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's such a you <laughs> line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Michael Dorsey. Michael Dorsey. Michael Dor- are yeah, you saying I'm a steak- not a name? Are you saying I'm not a name, George? No, no, no. If you want a stake return, Michael Dorsey's your man.
0: (laughs) Oh, so funny! That's a great. So it's just so devastating. Yeah.
3: Um, (laughs) So there were a few things uh, to me that stood out about you know like the how they're sort of getting their points across in this movie. I think we've talked a little bit about the context. This movie was nominated for a ton of Oscars. Ironically. Uh, Dustin Hoffman lost for best actor to uh, Ben Kingsley yeah, in Gandhi, Gandhi, another guy in a dress right. who won, who <laughs> took home took home the Oscar. Um, Jessica Lange did win for best supporting actress, and she does a great job. And Terry Garr was also nominated in yeah. that category, so they were against each other. And it sort of fits Terry Garr's character in the movie that she lost mm-hmm. <laughs> to Jessica Lange because she's sort of <laughs> That's the a sad good point. sack. Um, and it's interesting, you know how we like to point out every few years like you'll get like two movies about a volcano in Hollywood or you'll get <laughs> yeah. two movies about an asteroid coming to earth like Deep Impact and Armageddon. This was an era when there were a lot of cross-dressing movies. You had Victor Victoria was oh, the I same loved year. That movie. Yeah. Uh, well, geez, here you go. Should we have talked about Victor Victoria for JC? Sorry, you want to I talk did. about that? You're like, that oh, movie. that movie I, I love. Not that the so thing many that times. you love. Sorry. <laughs> he I like the... Victor and Abdullah better. <laughs> um, what? And like uh, the La Caja Fall was right oh. around then. It was a couple of years before. That's like someone who
0: just insists Wendy's is the best fast food restaurant. <laughs> Victor Victoria is better. I than know. This. Oh. Uh, an odd opinion. It's so to have. random. I, I'm right not now. saying it's wrong. I just no. like I like those square <laughs> burgers. I might even like it better. But it's, it's a very funny
3: opinion to have.
1: It's super random. Well, so, so listen.
3: It's 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 interesting to talk about this from a writer's perspective now, knowing sort of what a gumbo soup of writers there were, like putting this thing together. But here's what worked out right. I think, in in my opinion, they were so able from the very first few shots to create this world of struggling actors in New York. Like you you buy right away that Dustin Hoffman was a struggling actor. You see why he's struggling and you see him teaching a class, which is hilarious too, and people sort of worshiping him as a teacher. You, You set up his whole world so effectively in a less than 60 second, you know, montage with great music behind it. So right away you get the Dustin Hoffman character, you know? You, I mean, you this, see... this is, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but
0: yeah, this, no, no, this no. is Go like ahead. my favorite part of the movie. Cause I, I, I don't know who said this, but there's a quote about like, every movie is really two movies. It's it's the movie and the story that the director wants you to follow. But it's also unwittingly a documentary about the place and time where it was filmed. And just to yes. see New York in that era, yeah. Um, and you, you said this is it where it's like the, the Reagan boom 80s. And it's kind of like, yeah, it's not quite the 70s as it was always portrayed. Everyone's getting mugged, whatever. But, you know, there's some money in the city that they're not a part of it. Their it's shitty sunny. apartment. The, yeah. the taxis everywhere, including the old style bubble taxis. Yeah. Yeah. Love um, those. I yeah. love being in that world, whether it was. Because they wanted to portray it
3: fictionally, or just to see it, yeah, I, I yes. loved being in it. Um, yes, '80s Manhattan, you're you nailed it right on the head. It's such a different thing than '70s Manhattan. '70s yeah. Manhattan, it's dark, it's rainy, things are on fire. '80s Manhattan, it's always sunny. It honestly, yeah. if you see, you think of like Crocodile Dundee, you know, Tootsie, like all these different it's movies. Big. The Working it's girl. Big. Yes. When they go to the it's, city in big, big, which by the way, uh, big yeah. is
0: way better than. Tensi. Yes. Oh uh, <laughs> I love, <things. laughs> no, I, That's I love big. That's absolutely
3: not true. Um,
0: but like the other thing I, that I, I do want to give them their props for, and that at least as of, you know, the year 2000 hadn't changed, was I took a two year acting program in New York at a place called William Esper Studios, and we did all all the stuff oh, that they're amazing. showing in the movie. And I could have yes. honestly lived in that world longer. Like it, it made me kind of sad that as, as good as I thought the montage was that, right. that could have eaten up more of the movie in an entertaining <laughs> way. Because I did, I did all the things where it was like one of my scene partners, his name was Vincent something. And he had been the kid in the movie Cadillac, the Robin Williams movie Cadillac man. He played yep. the kid in it, yeah. I guess. So we were paired together for an inordinate amount of time. And, you know, he had been a professional actor, I guess. And I was like a comic. And, but the exercises were all things like, okay, you lie down on the floor. Now, Vincent, you kneel above him. Now place your hand on each other's hearts. Oh, now, God. You look into his eyes and say his name. And he looks into your eyes oh, and say God. your name. For like 40 minutes, it was like, oh, Vincent,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Vincent,
0: oh Jonathan. I have no idea what this was teaching. Like to this day, I mean, all, it, it was just like, if you want, it, it feels like a prank show. Like, I'm just going to fuck with these guys and see oh. if they'll do it for an hour. But uh, this is a separate episode about maybe acting, for acting writers classes that we can do. I'm just putting a pin in it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it seems I like liked you know, I liked the way they did that a lot, and as much as yes. like I've you know I I don't think I've shat on the movie because I do no, like the movie. It just doesn't yeah. mean when I say the really. best parts. Like yeah. this to me, within the first few minutes, you can shut it off after ten minutes and kind of rest assured. I think you've seen the best part, which is that
3: right. Yes, um, in your opinion, but yes, I I like I love that opening part and the
0: end. I would go right to the end. Thank um, you.
3: and just to. First of all, Goldie, what you're, you're you talking about that acting exercise, it suddenly made me realize, and maybe this is an obvious point that all actors know, but it seems like acting classes are just an exercise in mind control to get you to break from the reality of yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, even though you're saying somebody's name over and over again, it's like, you have to put your... Because you, I know you, Goldie, you would never put your hand on anyone's heart and say their name right to their face for 40 minutes. So you have to get past that and say, I will do it. Your dog, (laughs) maybe. Lloyd. Lloyd. No, but I
0: I mean, this is... We're getting a little bit sidetracked, but... I, I believe this kind of about standup and I believe it about acting is I'm not sure anyone gets better. I think they you kind of are what you come in with. Like I bet Meryl Streep was always awesome. She just got more experience mm-hmm. and a little more comfortable. But I would see people in this class who were terrible never get any better. And one of the things that I remember was like a, a big thing was people feeling that they never had permission to act out. So in the class like they thought acting was just showing like an insane amount of emotion of emotion <laughs> yeah. in a room yeah. right cuz they were repressed in real life and so right. then it's like acting cuz that isn't acting what acting must be conversely is just flipping out to an inordinate degree like constantly so there were, there was once this scene this guy his name was David he was like kind of this big goofy redhead guy and he was with this kind of meek girl and they're doing a scene from like Neil Simon barefoot in the park. Like, it's a very kind of mundane scene. And in the middle of it, he fucking flipped out and he, like, threw some shit across the room and he, like, <laughs> atta-
2: like physically
0: attacked this woman. Whoa. And I just remember oh the teacher God. going, David! David! <laughs> and running up and tackling him. And it was like, the guy was like, I'm sorry. I got so into the part that I attacked. And it's like, no, you're a maniac. Yeah. Like, just, like, no actor. Like, I refuse well, to that... believe that you think you're acting. So you just attack a person in a right. room full of people. And you think that this is now you're trained as something. Like, it's psychotic. And so Yes,
3: well, it's I like Christopher liked... Moltisanti.
0: Yes. Oh, nice. Yes, exactly. And like I liked <laughs> oh the, the part of the Terry Gar relationship to me that worked with them, which like the sexual stuff and the date stuff I found kinda boring, to be honest. And that part of the relationship of I cooked dinner and I like that just felt right. like a too close for comfort or some like oh, run-of-the-mill yeah. sitcom to me. The the part I liked was him getting acting better than she did, which felt real because it's like, yes. you can only be as good as you are. And like, yeah. I like yep. the, the the intellectual uh, uh, challenge of an actor having to act badly or act well in yes. a movie. Like that's super interesting. I thought they did that super well.
3: Yeah. Yes, they did. And that that's an, uh, another thing that I was going to talk about exactly what you just said in that, of course, we know Dustin Hoffman can like turn it on and turn it off at will. I mean, he's fantastic but jessica lang in a way and of course she won the oscar yeah. had that challenge that you're talking about because she had to play an actress on a soap so it's like she can't be showing like her full range as an actress when she's playing a character on a on a soap opera it just doesn't it wouldn't line up Right. But you get to see a few scenes of her being on this soap, and you can feel her reigning in her acting, but, <laughs> but trying to act like this character is doing the best they can, but I'm only showing you like 50% of what I can do. So that, I great do find point. that fascinating as well. Yeah. And just to return us to the original point of this opening montage of, and that piece of music over it, which I think is great, is called The Actor's Life, and uh, appropriately, but... That montage, as you both have pointed out, is fantastic. And it gets across his life, his world so well. And by contrast, so many movies that we've seen, in particular movies that came after uh, that, like movies in the 90s and the aughts. You get this opening scene of the sort of character you're supposed to like, the main character in your movie. And he wakes up in his messy apartment and <laughs> yeah. you see his life is disorganized. And somebody on the way out in the hallway says, Oh, you're two months late with the rent. And then yeah, we watch he hits him on the his
0: alarm o- and he misses yeah. the clock. <laughs> right,
3: right. Classic. And you see him on, on his way to work, like petting a dog. So, All Oh, right. we like him. And then he gets to work and his boss is yelling at him, Oh, boy, that's a bad job. Like, those are so clunky and clumsy compared yeah. to what they did here, yeah. which, as you guys both pointed out, especially you, Goldie, who's lived this New York struggling actor life, like, it's incredibly authentic. So they're they're off to a great start, and that's... Honestly, as writers, you'd want to take credit for something like that, but that's mostly acting and directing. Like and, they, editing. They, and editing. And oh, editing, exactly. Cool. So let's not shortchange the editor whose name is unknown. Um, <laughs> 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 completely uncredited in this movie. So, yes. So what what they do in addition to setting up this, uh, this actor's world, you start to meet, as we go along, the characters, the supporting cast. So we've we've talked about Terry Garr. She's another struggling actress, and she and Dustin Hoffman have a close relationship because he's her teacher and then becomes, like, her lover through a series of, as you say, Goldie, kind of zany ev- events. Like, it, it was kind of an yeah. unplanned sexual relationship that they get into. But I will say, for as too close for comfort as that, that storyline became... It added to that great ending that you referred to where there are so many things that he has to resolve. Like he has – it's putting another ball in the air for his character. It's funny that
0: three people are in love with him, like (laughs) theoretically. And and, and
3: he's in love with another.
1: Right. Yes,
0: but it felt a bit unearned, but like whatever. Right. Yes, and uh, that's the part also, where it's like, if you can suspend disbelief, then it works. But if you're just going, I, "This is clearly a man," all these people are morons. Like, I appreciate the craft, right? But I don't, <laughs> I don't emotionally like buy into it.
3: Right. Right. It's funny that you say that because, like, I feel like again in this era of 1982, no matter how beautiful a woman is, any woman can fall in love with any male character I know, and you buy it's it. True. You know, know, it's just like yeah, it for does, any reason. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter if you look like Dustin Hoffman or like Robert Redford. It's like right. yeah. whatever woman is there in the movie, they can have Somehow. sex with you and they should. Oh, are want your to. pants are off so we must Yes, yeah, yes, I know. Like, okay. That was what happened. Sure. I, I know. That that was you're right. That whole thing was a little bit clunky why he would choose that moment to start trying on her dresses when she's in right. the shower. It's like showers are only a limited amount of time right. and she's already <laughs> been in there. Uh, and as I pointed out, she was washing off her aerobics because she was clearly <laughs> in an aerobics <laughs> workout. Like she had the headband and the little yes. unitard. Ridiculous. Jazzercise, yeah. <laughs> yes. So let's talk a little bit because we, we've kind of been talking around it. One of the things that I liked about this movie is they didn't just rely on one kind of comedy. And so what does that mean? Like. It, because a lot of people compare this movie to, say, Mrs. Doubtfire, because it's another cross-dressing movie. Robin Williams is another, in, in you know, incredibly talented actor and, and comedic actor, certainly. And and that is a funny movie. But for me, it's a, it's a distant second to Tootsie in in this realm. And and here's one of the reasons: Tootsie, I feel like, and we can talk about it takes advantage of so many different kinds of comedy. You know, obviously you have the main thing, which is it's Dustin, it's Bugs Bunny in a dress. That's the main thing. But there's so many... Like, whereas in Mrs. Doubtfire, the supporting cast, completely unmemorable. Like, you don't really remember anyone being funny in the supporting cast. I remember, like, his ex-wife and the new husband, and it's like there were complications. But in this movie... They go to great lengths to make sure all the supporting cast members score comedically. Terry Gar has m- many funny monologues. She gets to really be funny. You know, you you start off she's like trapped in that bathroom, and she comes out with a plunger, like breaking the door. <laughs> it's it, she gets her little moments. Obviously, Bill Murray and Goldie. You can get into y- your feelings about him, but if you're a Bill Murray fan, this is a great. He, he he just comes in to score. Like he comes in for his little deadpan kind of one-offs and he gets a lot of them. You have Charles Derning, who again plays Jessica Lang's father. And that's a very funny character. He just missed her old-fashioned. So what, they've, what the writers have done here is they've built characters that are funny in their own right and they have realistic reasons to interact with the Dustin Hoffman character. It's right. not just like... Random forced. comedy of again, yeah. Random force Bugs Bunny in a dress. Oh, I'm coming across him. Isn't that weird? It's like they have act Terry Gar. You know, they have an actual reason. Bill Murray, their roommates. Uh, you know, Charles Derning falls in love with her. As does George Gaines from Punky Brewster fame. Falls in love with her. Uh, all the, uh, Dabney Coleman, who's the director uh, of the soap opera, who was great. Yeah. And 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 I I wrote this to Goldie. One of the top five... If we do a top five mustachioed people of all time, Ooh, Danny Coleman sure. probably makes that list. He's, yeah. He was great. So everyone in the supporting cast, they have a point of view. They are are funny. They have the ability to be comedic. And they have legitimate reasons to have comedic interactions with our main character, which I think is something that a lot of movies kind of miss on. So to me... It felt organic the way all these characters were interacting. And that's, yeah. a, tr- that's a triumph of the writing, regardless of, you know, do you yeah. have two writers or five writers or ten writers? They, they nailed that. So you have that kind of comedy. You have the obvious comedy of Bugs Bunny in a dress. You have lots of physical comedy. And they do something in Goldie, I'm sure you noticed this, smash cuts. Smash cuts. So what what yeah. Endless so a smash cut, JC, and for those of you listening who don't know, is like when you when you're getting towards the end of a scene and you say like one thing and then it instantly goes to the next moment or it instantly goes to a sound cue that punctuates whatever was just said in the scene. So
1: typically
0: contradicting it's you doing what you said exactly right. you were not going to do.
1: Oh, that's great.
0: And it's butting up against, yeah, you say, yes. I'm not going to yes. do it. And then you cut to
3: you doing it. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so there was a, a good example <laughs> of that you. in this movie is when he first gets the part at the soap opera that he knows Terry Gar didn't get. And he's thinking about how am I going to tell her? And he's like, he's like, what, what, Am I going to tell her somebody died? And they smash cut to him and and Terry Gar's going, oh, my God, how did she die (laughs) of a disease? (laughs) You know, but they do a lot of smash cuts in this, probably half a dozen. Even even if there's like a bit of physical comedy, like when uh, Dustin Hoffman had to share a bed with Jessica Lange up in the country... And he's got his fake wig on of hair yes. curlers. Yeah. And he turns over in the bed and they like kind of smoosh in his eyes. Yes. And then they instantly cut to the train going back to the city with like a sound cue of like, you know, happy music. It It yes. just helps the audience know that we've just seen a joke. And we'll give you a minute to, to laugh at it. So right. they use a lot of smash cuts. And in is this. that
1: like a director's choice or an editor's choice? Or what is that like a writer's choice? Well, I think
3: in, in the best, in the best sense, it would be in the script. Like I, okay. I can't say that it was or it wasn't in the Tootsie right. script because I, I haven't read the original script, but writers generally will indicate smash cut oh. too. And then we go right to something. But I would say probably in this case that it felt like a a director's choice or possibly an editor's choice, as Goldie pointed
0: out. Well, there's a little bit of a more broad point to be made about writing in general, which is you you try to end a scene on a scene blow, which is like a big joke to punctuate the scene. And then sometimes in the absence of having that verbal joke or that physical bit, you then do the smash cut so the joke is technically the first thing of the next scene right. but i think the longer comedy goes on and it just starts to feel like do we really need this big joke at the end of every scene or we're going to lose everyone's attention it, it bit <laughs> feels like handcuffs yeah. but like can't we yes. just let this the interest in the story hopefully if you're telling a good story the interest should hopefully carry it beyond just like, I haven't heard a joke in 15 seconds and now I'm upset and I'm shutting it off.
1: Right. So, uh, <laughs>
0: yes. you know, no, as I get right. older as a writer, I I kind of less and less, if I have a great joke to end the scene, great, but sometimes I'm like, you know what? Like, it, it feels a little needy to end every scene that way like it feels a little manic depressive to be like hey and here you go here's another one boss hey you still love me you know, <laughs> you know like it it, it, it feels desperate <laughs> so
3: that's that's interesting to hear especially because you now work at family guy where that's like our stock and trade it's like we right. have to have the best joke at the end of the scene and then well, when i started that having, joke having of my the own shows
0: my well, you know not neither of which work but one of the things i found liberating was like you know at first I was like all right we need the scene blow or whatever and then I was like wait a minute I'm in charge no we
2: don't I
0: can do whatever I, it can be a little dramatic which which is honestly you know in terms of getting people to care about the characters it, it feels daring when you've been compulsively joking your whole life as as you do when you come from stand up because you're like if I, if I don't say something funny in the next five seconds they're gonna hate me right you, you know but that actually isn't True. We can go back in the movie now. I just wanted yeah. to make that. No, 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 yeah, no, no. no. no I right. mean, really, as you're as you're looking at your own script, like if you have enough faith in the story, like hopefully other people are following
3: the story and caring about the characters enough that you you don't have to just compulsively do that. Yeah. Yes. Cool. And and, I, and by the way, we are talking about the story as we go. Like each yeah. each time we dip into these little side tracks, I feel like it's born out of us talking about what's happening. And 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 this was another thing that I I had sent to you, and you had you had sort of highlighted, and I agree with. It's like a, a, just a general note for I mean TV writing to a certain degree, but certainly for movie writing, and especially in a comedy like this, is you have to give your character. Room to grow. And that sounds like kind of cliche or, or trite in some ways. But here's here's an example of how they do that in Tootsie. So there's a scene early in the movie when he's got it's his surprise birthday party. He comes home from his job okay. as a waiter and everyone's, you know, in the dark in his his apartment. It's a surprise party. And then they show little clips of him kind of working the room and and you know having his night at the at the surprise party. And one of the moments is Terry Gar comes over to him holding a, an adorable tiny baby. And, you know, somebody's brought their baby to the party, clearly. And Terry Gar's like, Michael, look at the, you know, look at the baby. And Michael's talking to some other people. And you see him quickly look at the baby and be like, yeah, that's great. Okay. And then, you know, continues talking to the, the, the party guests. Now, that's very unlikable. It's literally snubbing yeah. a baby. It's yeah. like taking candy from a baby. You know, he's snubbed, and yeah. or maybe to Goldie, that's ultimately likable. But he's literally, he's literally just snubbed this baby. So you don't, you don't like that about. I mean, as a general audience, you right. don't really like that. But what it does is it sort of creates this bottom for this character yeah. as we're starting out, and then by the end of the movie, where we get to. It's like he's come to a... First of all, there is a a scene within the movie where he literally has to take care of a baby. And (laughs) you see him do it with care. You know, it's with frustration, but then ultimately with care and kind of a new understanding. And by the very end of the movie, he's really laying his heart out to Jessica Lang as to like, you know... I know I lied to you about being a woman and I fell in love with you, but I think we can still be friends. And you kind of see them forward, you know, you, you, there's hope at the end of the movie that, yeah. yes, they will have a relationship. They will be friends going forward. And I think setting that, that small thing up of him snubbing the baby at the beginning yeah. tells you, like, this isn't a nice guy. Like, he's not, he's not really yeah. nice. But by the end, you kind of get to a place where you're like, wow, he's learned. Some lessons along the way here. And that's also a a compliment to the writing.
1: In the same early scene in that party where he's sort of hitting on all these women, but like with no grace whatsoever. And then at the party, when he shows up at that party and he's dressed as Michael and he goes up to Jessica Lange and he makes like the worst pickup line. He's just like going from Tootsie to to or Dorothy, whatever, to this guy who's like a horrible at picking up women, to the yep. very last scene where he's just like, Me as a woman makes me a better man, or, you know, to you, that whole thing gives that yes. whole Span that distant span of being like a terrible guy to like suddenly he's oh, he's learned so much. Well,
0: it also, and- I mean, they did this in the movie sideways, I thought better than they did it here, <laughs> which is and and it's funny reading about the movie in preparation for this that like Dustin Hoffman you know supposedly at home broke down because he was being a woman then he realized what a bad guy he was being (laughs) from a woman's perspective and like thomas hayden church in sideways did it so much better where it was like he just fell in love instantly and he's like i'm an actor all i have is my instincts and then he got out of it and then he wanted to be married like it points to a sort of sociopathy of actors that 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 wasn't the point they were making in tootsie but it sort (laughs) of felt like the underlying point which is like dude you're all over the map here Like, yes. are you really in love with her? Like, it, it hasn't been that long. And it just, and I <laughs> yeah. thought the fact that they owned it in Sideways to me, you know, maybe that's a movie we can talk about in the future. And, and one that I I'd actually, love to. having I'd love said, to. I don't take movies to heart that I really took to heart. But, um, <laughs> you know, the nature of performers is just, they're liars, right? And then, right. like, the fact that, like, maybe there was something there that I felt the writers didn't mind. And maybe be, it, it's it's a more known thing. I think people have a lot more knowledge about performing now and everyone's in front of a camera that you know and and trump was the president that everyone's lying to some extent but it's like you know she's an actress too and and that would you trust your instincts to be in love with this guy and and like honestly if we were you know trying to reboot this and trying to think of like how crazy can it get right like one of the things to, to, you know, that I'm sure I would have pitched that would have been rejected and made fun of endlessly for the rest of my life is like, well, what if the Charles Derning the Charles Derning person goes, "Oh, you're you're uh, you're a man. Good, I'm a woman. You know, <laughs> Victor Victoria. <laughs> like I'm turning it on you now." But it, uh, you know, I it, it it felt. I think that's part of what maybe okay. JC and I are are feeling is that it's a little either juvenile to fall in and out of love like this for everyone involved or it's a little yes. bit sociopathic.
3: Oh, well, I totally think he's for sure sociopathic. <laughs> yeah and I think that's a that's a great point both of you that you know if that's a point they were trying to make I don't know but they certainly I don't know they Inab- weren't. They, we they can inadvert- say they weren't. They inadvertently made the point that actors are sociopaths right. and they sort yeah. of inhabit different personalities until Maybe this guy found the right one at the end, and maybe he can stick yeah. with that. So, that's, I think, ultimately a, a hopeful message. But yeah, so let's. I like let's, that message. Yeah. And that, JC, that line you pointed out, that's good on you because that line, I think. I it, it, it it, you know how AFI does like the top 100 movie lines of all time? Like that's yeah. one of them that oh. uh, I was a I was a better man with you as a woman than I ever was with any woman as a man or something like that. It, yeah, it, I
1: was a better it, man with you as a woman than I ever was with a woman as a man. Wow. You, did you just steal that from your. Bring? Yeah, but
3: I've seen I've seen this movie like fifty okay. times now. Okay. Um, Guys, I
0: was a so better man with you as a woman. <laughs> than you were. I ever was as a as a woman
3: with a man. I don't think I got it. Goldie, you would be so fooled by me in a dress. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> um, so let's 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 Just skip me ahead. Playing
0: dead as you fondled my body. Oh no! Oh, <laughs> Is it over? Yeah. Right.
3: P- playing dead um, let's let's uh, skip ahead um, to because he's even allowed point. to have a stiff upper lip upper <laughs> lip <laughs> so uh, later in the movie when he's you know he's he's now got this part on the soap he's become successful people like him the uh, you you again they have another very effective montage to show his growing popularity with the roll tootsie roll Uh, Going viral.
2: Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was the
3: 1982 version of Going Viral, uh, which yeah. uh, might have been AIDS. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Go, I'm going viral. <laughs> I have HIV. Oh, anyway, so that montage in the middle of the movie, you see all the lead. No, no, don't give the cut symbol. We're, we're leaving that <laughs> in. And so you see the montage in the middle of the movie of him growing in popularity, like all the fan mail rolling in. He's on various magazine covers. Huh.
0: The fan mail being tossed in a pile was one of the worst acting jobs I've ever seen. That was you terrible. Just, you saw everything but the fingertips going in the frame. <laughs> awful hand acting. An awful pile. That was terrible.
2: I never the noticed o-
0: that, but you're right. only second to the pie in the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles going into the oven <laughs> or oh, coming yeah. out of the oven, where they, yeah. they're Present carrying it. a pie, then they conspicuously <laughs> tilt it toward camera and then slide it. And it's like, yeah. no one holds a pie like that. Yeah, well, right well how,
3: do, how do you feel about that comedy, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? I love it. Yeah, okay. I love it. Can't tell you something? I love it. Um, so anyway, he gets... I don't don't go there. So uh, anyway, he's he's gotten very popular, and he loves it at first, but then as the writers add all these complications, like we've talked about, the do- the doctor from the soap opera, George Gaines, falls right. in love with him. Jessica Lange's father falls in love with him. Terry Gar is in love with the man but hates the woman because the Tootsie took her part on the soap opera and she's like, she calls her that fat lady and she's (laughs) terrible, which is great because it's back in the 80s when you could call people fat and it was like still funny. Um, But so there are all these pressure points coming in. And again, it's because here's another thing that's great about this movie. It's the movie is built on a lie, right? So it's, It's Dustin Hoffman is lying to everyone because he is not a woman and he's presenting himself as a woman. So this lie has this ripple effect to all the other characters where they want something from him um, or they, you know, are after him or they dislike him. And it's all because... He has lied. So you see all these consequences of his actions starting to line up against him. And there's a point in the movie where it becomes too much. He's got the guys in love with him. He's got Terry Garr loving slash hating him. He's in love with Jessica Lang. The director of the show can't stand his female character, Tootsie. It's all piling up. And then his agent tells him that he cannot quit. And he gives a very credible speech for why he can't quit. He said, it'll ruin my... Can we stop here for a second? Yeah, 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 sure.
0: I want to make our point about writing because this is like, okay, say you had this idea and you were pitching this or you're analyzing it or you're trying to talk about it or you're trying to frame your own idea in terms of a well-known idea. But you have to get accustomed to pitching these things in terms of act structure, act one, act two, act three. And so if we were talking about this movie... I think, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, you would say act one is this guy is failing as an actor and he comes up with an innovative idea to succeed to pose as a woman. Act two, he poses as a woman and complications ensue and he becomes, he finally gets what he wants, which is to become successful as an actor, but no one knows it's him and it's all built on a lie. And act three is his personal investment in the friends he's made as a woman, he now wants to get them as a man and he has to negotiate that transi- transition.
3: Yes. That's a hundred percent right. Cool. That's so well said. And so that takes us directly to the end. And you talked about it at the beginning of the podcast. A fantastic ending. Like they they again, the writers did a great job of setting up this little kernel early in the movie where they say, oh, somebody spilled, you know, something on one of our, fi- uh, you know, on on the film, so we have to reshoot these certain scenes. And everybody goes, oh. And the woman says, well, it's either that or we have to do it live. And they're like, well, we don't want to do that. Right. So then, of course, when we get to the end, there's another accident with this guy with the film, and they do have to do a scene live. And this is after we've learned, you know, all the pressure is building up on Dustin Hoffman's Tootsie character, and he has to do this scene live that is sort of featuring his character. And he makes the decision, which is completely understandable and feels organic, that he's going to out himself in this moment. Like, this is the climax of, of the, yeah. all the storytelling. And it's a great monologue that he gives, because... They incorporate all the things that they've been building throughout the movie. You see all the characters watching it at home. You see the director, you know, right when Dustin Hoffman's Tootsie starts to go off script, they're in the control booth like, oh, no, which was (laughs) always very funny to me. Like Dabney Coleman, you know, just makes me laugh. And you see the other actors who he's been working with looking at him like, what's he going to do? And then in a grand gesture, he takes off his wig and, you know, makeup and says, I'm Edward Kimberly. I'm not, you know, uh, you know, I'm not Emily Kimberly. I'm a brother, Edward. Everybody's shocked. You get the quick cuts of the people watching at home. You know, one guy drops his sandwich and bites his fist. Terry just screams and Bill Murray says a line, which is also in the AFI list of that is one nutty hospital. And, And, you know, uh,
0: is uncomfortably close to my famous... Tagline from Ted Yeah, two. we're we're
3: a fun hospital. We're That's a fun right. hospital. Yeah, and Ted if that t-
0: didn't exist, if Bill Murray's line didn't exist, <laughs> would I be bumped up to the yeah. top two hundred? Yeah, I
3: think lines. I think you would be. I'd I'd vote for you there right now. <laughs> me too, Hashtag me Ted Two. Hey dude, do why don't you why don't you write us an email at a typical disgusting display at gmail.com. <laughs> Uh, Do you think Goldie's line from Ted 2 deserves some recognition on AFI's list? Just just (laughs) let us know. Um, So anyway, you have this great climax. It all comes out in the open and you can finally take a breath because there's a lot of pressure building to this moment. And then as we've talked about before, it's sort of, it ends with a a very funny scene of, of Dustin Hoffman giving the ring, Charles Durning, his proposal (laughs) ring back in (laughs) a bar bar upstate, which was a a very funny interaction. And I think Charles Durning really played that moment just right. Like he was angry, but it wasn't, overt like i hate you because you made me look gay yeah. but but that was that's sort right. of the undertone yeah but it wasn't really yeah. overt so it was kind of a i nice... love
0: that joke if he said you know what about the chocolates i gave those i gave those to a woman yeah i thought i did too <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that's <laughs> a, that that that's to a,
3: me feels like a larry gelbart line. like that's like a year show of shows very good old comedy yeah. joke and then they they have this nice scene uh, again, on a very sunny 1980s New York Street, just the right breeze blowing blowing through everybody's hair, where Dustin Hoffman makes his amends to Jessica Lang and they end up almost walking off into the sunset together, and you you feel hopeful that A, he's learned his lesson, and B, that there's some kind of life ahead for both of them. So, you know... Again, I loved hearing you guys talk about this movie. Clearly, this was a movie that was very important to me, and maybe not so much to you two guys. But I think I I appreciated your your honesty and your your you know your insightful thoughts on this because I feel like I I learned more about this movie listening to you guys. So I well, I have, I I have a question
0: that. for you, and I yeah. I'm, I'm springing this on you so oh. you know we can oh. avoid but. Say you were going to remake this movie today. Yes. Uh, A, do you think it's possible? And B, how would you do it broadest of strokes? And maybe we can work out, we can pitch on it all together for like five minutes.
3: Well, I think, and and this has probably been done as well, but I think the only way you can do this movie today would be having it, reversing it, having a woman have to become a male, you know, a a, a woman going for a, a man part. And switching it that way. Like Victor think, Victoria. Right, right. You'd have to Victoria. <laughs> I just Victor don't Victoria. know that
0: like there's any <laughs> TV that's widely watched enough and regarded and is universal that it can work in the world of TV. You know what I mean? Like soap yes. operas. I actually did grow up watching Search for Tomorrow. My mom had it on. So the first 12 years of my life, I saw every episode of Search for Tomorrow. But I what don't know what, what you would pick as that thing that would be high profile enough to work. Right. Yes. Yeah, that's like, would you almost have to keep it small that it's like, oh, they're in some sort of theatrical production. No, no, no. But then no, it, no. it just
3: doesn't feel important no. enough. Sa- to... Sadly, today it would be like a YouTube you. influencer or something like oh, that. You I know? hate this oh. movie already. I know. Right. I don't like it either. But I'm saying in right. the world of today, something that has any kind of like cachet. cachet. Or st- yeah, yeah. It would be something yeah. in the online influencer.
0: Right. Or... Yeah. I would say, would you would you make it and this is this the, now you're just stretching credulity here. And again, I'm talking off the top of my head. Would you make the person like a Tucker Carlson type talking oh. head? And they it's in the world of news, you know. Yeah. Or, or politics or something.
3: Well, then oh. the, I mean, honestly, it's that, so but... hard
0: to come out of nowhere, though. That's the other thing is. This movie would have been rendered obsolete by Google, right? Because you'd go, Dorothy right. Michaels, well, this person's nowhere on the internet. They have no profiles. Right, right. You know, there's no record of them before. And, and I think that is a huge impediment that part of the reboot would have to be creating the fake backdrop.
1: Right. Yeah, for, for a long game. to. Very long
0: Yes.
3: Game. You yeah. couldn't do it in the moment. <gasps> reality like you'd show, have to maybe? craft it. A reality show? Yeah. Could be, could be. Well, also, but to your Tucker Carlson uh, point, then it's almost like you ditch the cross dressing altogether yeah. and make it like a right wing left wing Tootsie, where it's like there's a right wing guy who has to pretend to be a left wing guy in order to get some kind of job and then learn some kind of lesson about you know bettering his fellow man or something like that. Right? Yeah. Um, which that is the kind of works? Of, which yeah. that's the kind of movie Hollywood would enjoy and half the country would loathe. <laughs> so, oh, <yeah>. oh <laughs> most <laughs> yeah. of the country. Would <laughs> yeah. loathe. You're you're instantly <laughs> cutting out like half your audience, but it seems like that might be the way to Tootsie without. Gender bending, right? Anyway, that was fun. I I, I enjoyed. I'm glad, Goldie, that we we back channeled about the best way to do this because yeah. I agree. I would not be at this point looking forward to another episode about Tootsie. So I concede yeah. that you oh, were 100 percent no, right about that.
0: Hey, I thought you did a great job. Yeah. I, I
3: I appreciate
0: your appreciation for the movie has made me give it <laughs> a second look. And and again, I do think I do think the craft of it is indisputable. Like I yeah. I, I my I tip my hat off to everyone involved. For the craft but to me it doesn't just translate to as much personal enjoyment as you have for it although i do like it yeah uh, i i go i don't know 7.5 out of 10 it's very good oh, yeah that's high. but it's not something that i you know feel like i'll ever watch again voluntarily right you right. know I, and, there's just and, too many other things to explore
1: and for me i'm glad i watched it again um i wouldn't have ever watched it again unless you had re- requested it. Made you? <laughs> Made yeah. you. requested, quote unquote. <laughs> but I also didn't realize that it was like something so close to home for you. I thought it was similar to like the Cheers pilot, where I didn't realize after watching it that it was touted to be one of the greatest pilots of all time. And so I'm thinking, yeah, oh, I must be watching something that's one of the greatest of all time. And I think it has been said that Tootsie, for some people, has been considered there. as one yeah. of the greatest comedies yeah. of all time.
3: I just happen to be one of those people, right. so Look, I man, appreciate you. You were on a Tootsie this. roll when we started. But last joke of the day, last joke of the day. Is that even a joke? To me, that's that's stock and trade. That's my currency. It's Something. <laughs> it is something. That's all I want people to say about my comedy. It was something. It, it existed as a thing. Wasn't so Goldie, Goldie, here's my task for you. Well, first of all, you both have to watch Open Range at some point. Okay. But yes. uh, the Western. But Goldie, you will you pick something next? Not now, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. pick, pick the next thing you want us to talk about because I I love doing this and. uh I would love to have, you know, whatever you feel like a connection. Sure. To,
0: I if, mean, to uh, my initial about. instinct is just to say Sideways because having yeah. it, I it love come that. up in conversation, I think it's if if I could make anything right. Like I, I look at Sideways and About Schmidt, those two Alexander Payne movies, as like if if I could trade and cherry pick anything I could have as my own, those might be yes. it. And it's not because awesome. like. I wouldn't want the godfather. I wouldn't like, I just think they're just so perfectly done. Yeah. But so I'll think, think about it a little more, but my instinct is, and also maybe about Schmidt, just because I've watched it less and I want to see it again, maybe that would be it.
3: Great. I love Alexander Payne, as you know. Um, yeah. but now, hey, listen, before we get into this uh next section, we I just want to point out we got an email. Uh thank you again. And it's at a typical disgusting display at gmail.com. Mr. Brody sent us an email about uh, this this top five segment that we're about to get into. He says he hates it, and for the love of God, can we stop pointing out that we sing the top five uh, theme? <laughs> so let's right now roll into top five. Top five. <laughs> and that is us singing. Oh, God, that's the best <laughs> thing I'll ever do. Uh, I love it so much. Uh, <laughs> all right, so this week, this was Jay's. Thank you, Mr. Brody. That, that, my email. friends,
0: is called a smash cut. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Bravo, <laughs> we just <Bravo>. did it.
3: <laughs> so this week's top five was uh, J.C.'s pick, which I love, <laughs> which is you. top five sports broadcasters of all time. Great, great topic. Fun to think about. Yeah. Would anyone like to go first? Go, Goldie. No, Goldie. At- go ahead. Go ahead. No, I never
0: go first. I'm oh, going I Yeah, didn't no, go that. ahead. Go ahead.
3: Number five.
0: This is Howard Cosell. Nice. <laughs> I, yes. I, 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 I couldn't
3: quite put him on the list, but I love him. Yeah. I, I, I
0: want to live in a bygone era where the most influential people are old, ornery, <laughs> not good looking,
2: word toupees,
0: outspoken, stubborn, Jewish. Him, Jewish. Andy Rooney. I mean, I mean, that stuff is my crack. What rubber bands. Stamps? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love it. Uh, number four, and it's just so associated with my youth and all the all the memories marv
3: albert
1: oh nice yes
0: yes yes I love it. yes, I love yes. <laughs> yes.
1: spectacular
2: move
0: by <laughs> jordan
3: and, and I, I was gonna i was gonna tag this with with a joke uh, about marv albert where i said i wanted credit for not including marv albert just so i could put in my hacky stand-up joke of marv albert getting a calculator for christmas Yes, and it counts.
0: <laughs> His legacy was a little bit hurt by the I whole know. biting Binding. the back thing. Like it makes it feel Oh, that really whole
3: industry is backbiting. Yeah. Oh,
1: wow. <laughs> uh,
0: number three is a, is a Homer pick. It's a local pick. I don't think objectively this person is a very good broadcaster at all, but I enjoyed him. Jerry Remy.
3: Yeah. The yeah. Rem Dog. Rest in peace, Jerry Remy. Yeah. Oh, Yeah, a lot of memories. And he's a the, he's the guy who does that thing that I love where some Boston accents, they put an R at the end of words that don't have <laughs> mm-hmm. an R. Right. Like, you know, they were, they were always sponsored by Amica Insurance, and he'd say the today's, uh, you know, first top of the seventh at bat is brought to you by Amica. <laughs> it's like, where <laughs> did the R come from? Yeah, but he, he, gone. he, he gone. He actually lived <laughs> about a quarter of a mile from me growing up.
0: Um, number two, and I, I think this is like a Patrick Mahomes or Steph Curry of sports casting. Like he's just changed the way I view everything with the information he gives. It's Tony Romo. I think he's oh, wow. unbelievable. Oh, he you actually learn like a crapload about football cool. when i like when listening to him and, he, and I love his enthusiasm. And number one. And this, if if this isn't you, your Alex number one as well, because he introduces the podcast, the impression, the greatest broadcaster of all time was Celtic's legend, Johnny Most.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, he's, on, he's on the list. He's on the list. Yeah, yeah, for right? sure. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, JC, you want to go last because it's sure. your category? Sure. Okay. And also the Dua de Seigneur. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So, number five, you know, <laughs> that means the right of the older people. Yeah, I okay, that. so <laughs> number five for me, I had to put him on here. Uh, a recent rest in peace was I loved listening to John Madden. John oh, Madden, yeah. you know, uh, football great. He was never the most insightful. But he just had such like a, a, a folksy kind of fun way of Energy. putting everything. I'll never forget uh, one game where he was describing a running play and he described the gap that a running back ran through as the a-hole. <laughs> and, yeah, and I think he was, like, quickly corrected during commercials and, like, didn't, and never did it again, but I thought that was very funny. Uh, number four, uh, this is, I got two homer picks in a row here. Number four is a guy that not too many people are going to remember. Again, a homer pick, uh, Ken Coleman. Ken Coleman did the Red Sox radio broadcast uh, from like the 60s to the 90s. And so we were, I'm sure a lot of families used to do this where you'd turn on the TV, but you'd turn the volume down and listen to the radio broadcast of the baseball game. And one thing that always made my dad and me laugh when we would listen to him is that no matter where the strike was in the strike zone, you'd always hear him call this, uh, the two-in-one strike at the knees. And it never was. It was like, you know, belt high, stomach, and always be strike at the knees. Um, so I just, he, he his voice was very relaxing to me. Sounds like uh, something th-
0: you'd, you'd hear say in a video game as instruction, strike at the knees, strike at the knees, yeah. strike at the knees.
3: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Corner three. Um, so yeah, and... and uh, number three, Goldie, as you uh, pointed out, uh, Johnny Most. Oh, yes. you know the, the Boston <laughs> Celtics legend. Uh, look at they—they they got a—they got a hold of Bird's jersey. <laughs> um, number two, number two for me, um, and Goldie. This was a guy who I think we were lucky enough to catch like the end of of his career, and I think his whole career was kind of a prime was it's time for Dodgers baseball Vin Scully <laughs> Oh yeah lo- loved Vin yeah. Scully He uh he I love the way he said Puig. and uh, <laughs> yeah. he, he he had a knack for he was he didn't have anyone there with him it was just him yeah. solo all the time and so ha- he would make this seem okay by asking himself questions that he would then answer. It'd be like, Martinez leading the league in doubles. How's he doing it? Two-strike hitting. So I I just loved loved listening to him. He would also
0: spin these narratives. I remember watching a game with Bartolo Colon pitching, and it began with him going... From the sugar fields of the Dominican Republic. And then it's like ellipses, five minutes of incredible detail. And we find ourselves on the mound of Dodger Stadium today. What an incredible journey. And it was was very
2: impressive.
3: He's great. Yeah, he he waxed poetic and it worked. Number one for me, and this was a guy I just, I loved growing up. the, the, The master of college football in the 70s and 80s. Was one Mister Keith Jackson? Oh, Doctor, we got a dandy. He would always start his <laughs> games like that. Deep. Oh, Doctor, we got a dandy today. <laughs> so yeah, that's my list. Keith Great Jackson, list. number one.
1: Great list. Thank
3: you. I like um, both of them.
1: All right, so get um, ready
3: for tennis.
1: Actually, there is not uh, one. T- I know, yeah, thank and I God. had them. I
0: know. <laughs> so
1: number five, Sevi so he's golfing, <laughs> uh, Number five, Booya Stuart Scott, R.I.P.
3: Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, Loved sure. Him. Um, yeah, but you're he gonna- was great. There's
1: a theme here in terms of era and yeah, mm-hmm. um- and
0: whether they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: C. That is Alec doing the cut symbol. No, that's not getting cut. Um okay. Number four, Chris Berman, back, back, back gone. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, boomer.
3: Boomer, yeah. sure.
1: Um number three, Al Michaels. I love oh, him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, love, love, great. Love him. he's great. He's great. Intercept by Malcolm Butler. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess the Super Bowl is his last one with NBC or something. I guess that's... So they say. Yeah, so they say. My number two, and I have said this, and it sounds very dramatic when I say this, but I feel like we are privileged to have lived in the era of him being an announcer, hockey announcer Doc Emmerich. Absolutely oh, yeah. you brilliant. About him I am. Before. He's amazing. Absolutely amazing.
3: Wait, Stu's from Canada, right? Yes. Yeah, that explains it. Yeah.
1: yeah.
3: <laughs> I've never heard of him. Oh. It's NHL. Well, yeah, JC talked retired. about him once before, right?
1: No, I, I when we first never started did. talking about the podcast, you, I saw that you had, um, who's married to Susie Schuster? Uh, the oh, rich, rich, Eisen, Eisen. rich Eisen. I was like, Eisen, oh, yeah. tell me you know Doc Emmerich too. <laughs> I thought, I was like yeah. hoping we could get him. But, right. Um, my number one and forever and always is dan patrick dan oh, patrick that's very good love him and he's i still listen to his his show his podcast it's amazing it's like three hours of sports and it's what keeps me updated and what's going on in the world of sports nice. outside three, of tennis so
3: three hours you should talk about tootsie <laughs> uh, that was uh A two-parter were, six hours <laughs> those were all all very good lists. Thank you, JC, for that category. And now it's it's my turn <laughs> to uh, announce next week's top five category. And, Goldie, this was something I had floated to you a couple months ago, but I think it's a good one. So the top five for next week will be top five all-time dying lines. So... <laughs> A line when somebody is dying in a movie. What are the top five best lines when somebody's about to check out? Okay, there are a lot of famous ones. What do you think are the top five? That All will right. be okay. next week. I'm watching Goldie's eyes dart from I this can't way think to of that. Of one. I think me okay. Oh, so you've never heard of Rosebud? Okay, you can't think of one. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, okay, one. okay. 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 Right, okay. Yeah. Can you give me four more? <laughs> All right. You can. You can think of them for God's sake. Top five dying lines.
0: A uh, rose dud. Okay. rose
3: dud. <laughs> <laughs> that should be first joke of the day for next week already. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? It's time to end every episode as we do on a high note. La- <laughs> Thank you, Tom Gamble. We love you. Uh, Goldie, why don't you go first? You never get to go first. Go first.
0: Sure. So, um, you know, I wanted to give it up for my wife a little bit this week. Uh And uh, we had Valentine's Day. And, like, we never really do anything for Valentine's Day, especially when you have kids. You try to make it more about them. But then this year I felt this has been kind of a rough year. So I'm going to do something nice for her. I bought her a nice bracelet. And I'll say that. Her reaction to the bracelet was a gift to Aww. me. So Aww. I'll say, for those people out there, you know, you want to do a little something for the relation, you're going to get back more than you give. Aww. She was only 15 years <laughs> Look oh. at you. You yeah. were only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. <laughs> I love
3: when you get emotional, you just go right to that. I get court. very emotional <laughs> indeed. No, indeed. And when he gets loudly.
1: (laughs) It's so sweet. uh, That's
3: very sweet, Goldie. Very nice. Yeah. JC, what do you got?
1: Well, I'm choosing between two. Um, I'm going to say, uh, well, I have joined a band with my husband. And (gasps) that's the high note. I know. I know. How's this
3: going to affect our podcast? I know. That's literally his
1: text. (laughs) Selfish. <laughs> no, it will not affect uh, oh, the podcast, Jesus but Christ. I have joined um, Perry and Etty Farrell's band, Kind Heaven Whoa. Orchestra. Whoa. I know.
3: And what will you be playing?
1: I will be singing. I'll be singing. Oh, yes. nice.
3: Maybe uh, a little tambourine. No tambo. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's been. We had rehearsals uh, Thursday and Friday last week. We have a show tonight. Um, oh. I didn't mention it last week. because Holy shit. I know. It was a little. Was a little... You got to start plugging your shows. I know. I'm a little, I'm a little shy. Um, I'm asked to dress in a way that I'm not comfortable with, so I didn't really tell many people about it, but then oh, yeah. I started promoting it out of, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus.
0: <laughs> that was Alec, by the way. <laughs> Goldie, how dare you? <laughs> oh, my
1: God. Yeah. So anyway, I, you know Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. See, <told laughs> to keep me, it going after it. I reprimanded <laughs> you is truly despicable, sir. But
1: yeah, it's been amazing looking over and see and seeing Stu during rehearsals and it's just been we've been having a blast and, and they've been so welcoming and supportive and I just it's been really fun.
3: That's great. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah Thank that's you. awesome. Look Catching it live and going
0: backstage. Yes, you're welcome. You
1: can if you ever want to leave the house and, you know, you're you're welcome. Oh, wait, leave the house? No, (laughs) forget it. Exactly, forget it.
3: Oh, that is awesome, JC. All right, so final high note, and this was, again, uh, you know, this isn't an emotional thing that involves me personally, as Goldie likes to point out, but I read that you may remember that story from a few months ago where Elon Musk said that he would Give uh, $6 billion to end world hunger if they could come up with a plan to make it work. Well, apparently they came up with a plan because he gave $6 billion wow. to try and end uh, world hunger. Wow. So yeah, I got goosebumps
2: know, just thinking about
0: it. Yeah, I did. Exactly. I did. Thank
3: you, Danny. <laughs> so as, as mockable as Elon Musk can sometimes be, I think to give up $6 billion to try and yeah. feed everyone in the world is a pretty cool thing to do. So way to go, Elon. And if you ever want to be a guest on the show and talk about it, feel free. You email us at a typical disgusting display at gmail.com. We'll laugh about your email on air. Uh, All right. Another great show in the books. (laughs) Thank you both for indulging my Tootsie whims. And thanks for being awesome. And uh, thank you all for listening. And we will talk to you next week.
2: Yes, and it counts!